All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. It's good to be back. This one's going to be a little different, Jed. Yeah, last week we had, or two weeks ago, we had some fun talking about truth and thinking about movies and how they the use truth that. truth shall make you free. But this one's a little deeper, um, maybe a little more problematic for some people. It's the idea that some of the gospel, some of the books, the letters, whatever, they may actually be impersonations and not from the actual people they're from, or at least who we think they're from. So, for instance, let's just look specifically at First and Second Timothy. We believe, and most of us have been taught and we've looked at and we've heard, that it's Paul writing to an actual guy named Timothy. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there that say, no, these are forgeries. Timothy is made up. And Paul, it's not him writing it, it's someone impersonating Paul-like writing. So, is, I guess, is this, new, is this news to you? No. <laughs> uh, there, the, the basic thing we're going to be talking today about is our assumptions and where we get our assumptions. Okay. Um, in theological, biblical education... There are widely different assumptions on the part of the people that approach Scripture. Okay. More and more people today have what we would call naturalistic or non-supernatural assumptions. Okay. And there are theories about how the Bible arose that are based only on the natural and disregard completely the things that are supernatural. So the idea of direct divine inspiration is supernatural, okay, and therefore it's rejected out of hand by those that have these naturalistic assumptions. So you can have a camp of someone who believes that the Holy Spirit inspired, you know, everything word by word, mm-hmm. you know, like God directed every single word. Mm-hmm. You could even have someone who believes that God was directing them, but it was still kind of their personal bent on how they write and speak, that's still all still divinely inspired versus someone who believes that it's all just man-made, there's no Holy Spirit inspiration? Is that kind of the dichotomy well, we're Well, kind up? of. Let me, let me back up to where we're actually going with this thing. So let's say that we have four Gospels, which we do, Okay. and let's say that someone looks at the Gospel of Mark, and it's shorter, mm-hmm. more terse, more to the point. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of extras. Doesn't have a lot of extras. They look at Matthew and Luke, and some of the material in Mark is also in Matthew and Luke. Mm -hmm. And so if they approach this from a naturalistic standpoint, they say, okay, since Mark is shortened to the point and Matthew and Luke are longer and they have some of the same material that Mark does, Matthew and Luke must have copied from Mark to Mm -hmm. get that material. Okay. Because... You can't have the same material and not copy from yeah. somebody. However, they ignore the fact that in John fourteen twenty six, Jesus said to the apostles at the Last Supper, uh, the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name, he will teach you everything, and he will bring to your remembrance everything I said to you. Mm. But that would be what? Supernatural. That would be supernatural, right. And so, so they don't believe in that supernatural help. It had to be natural, so therefore somebody must have copied off of somebody. Okay. okay. Another step that they take in these assumptions 
is, and, and they may not tell everybody this in the theological schools, but if you read all the books, this is their assumption, that you cannot tell events before they happened. You have to tell right. about events after they happened. So, so it's it's a basic understanding of whether prophecy or foreknowledge is even possible. Yes, and so assuming that it's not, yeah. assuming that Mark, that they assume is the first gospel, mm-hmm. speaks in, in Mark, you know, about the destruction of Jerusalem, yeah. Mark cannot have been written until after the destruction of Jerusalem, which would be AD 70. Okay. So they say Mark is the first gospel, and he was written in around a little after AD 70. Mm-hmm. But then they have already assumed that Matthew and Luke have copied from yeah. Mark. So they come much later. So you have to go 10 or 15 years later for Matthew and Luke. Mm. So then you have uh, those Gospels later because they had to copy from Mark. Mm-hmm. And that's assumed because you can't tell the future and Jesus couldn't tell the future. Yeah. But if Jesus really was the Son of God, I might question that assumption. But that's the assumption. See? Okay. And so um, then what we have in 1 Timothy chapter 5, yeah. verse 17 and 18. Look at verse 17 and 18 there. 5, 17, and 18 says, Let the elders who rule be well considered, worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. All right, that second quote from scripture, the laborer deserves his wages, Mm -hmm. is a direct verbatim quote from Luke chapter 10, verse 7, exactly from the Greek text of Luke chapter 10, verse 7. Okay. So this document is quoting Luke chapter 10, verse 7, which if you take the assumptions of the naturalistic scholars, Mm -hmm. Luke can't have been written until like 85. Yeah. And Paul was dead in the 60s. And so now now you have 1 Timothy quoting Luke, which wasn't written Mm. until 85 in their assumptions. And therefore, 1 Timothy could not have been written by By Paul. All right. Because he did. Yeah, I have a Strong's Concordance, mm-hmm. which everybody knows is a pretty old deal. Yeah, And this, this idea has been allow, uh, around a long time because in the back of that Strong's, you can read some introductory material that's based on these liberal assumptions. And it talks about exactly this, that the, mm. gospel, or the gospel of Luke had to be later and Timothy couldn't have been written yeah. by Paul for that reason. So we'll just pause right there real quick. So for any of our younger audience, maybe if you're older, this is the first time, but for our younger audience, especially if you're encountering, you know, somebody on TikTok, Instagram reels, different things, or even on a long form podcast, and they're going, have you heard this? Like it's new information, because that's typically how it's presented. Like this is a new discovery. No, it's old hat. It's It's old hat. And it's based on, you can think of it guys like dominoes, because once you accept that first assumption without questioning it, mm. you know, Luke and Matthew must have copied from Mark. And then, the, you know, the second assumption, well, Mark can't have been written until after AD 70, which nowhere is that yeah. proven at all. And then you accept that, well, if that's true, then Paul could, you know, see, but one yeah. assumption leads to another. None of those assumptions has been proved. Yeah. Because 
let's face it, if we believe in the virgin birth, is that supernatural? <laughs> We're kind of basing a lot on some supernatural yeah, elements. If, if he was you know. God incarnate, did he really do miracles? Do you really believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ? If Christ was risen, yeah. then could Christ not foretell the future like ancient prophets did of old? Well, and then you have to go back into the Old Testament and so many other things that were prophesied and exactly. done. And, and so if, if Christ really could foretell the future, then the gospel writers could have talked about the destruction of Jerusalem before it happened because yeah. Jesus told them. Yeah. And Mark didn't necessarily have to be written after AD 70 and Luke didn't either, and they didn't even have to copy from each other because the Holy Spirit right. guided them into what to write, and so all of that falls down to the ground. It's just based on assumptions that cannot be proven. Mm. So if that's kind of the first of these assumptions, and probably one of the major ones of if you eliminate the supernatural, you have to line things up in certain ways. Yes. Other, like... If someone was like, no, well, I, I believe in the supernatural. I still just don't believe that a book like First Timothy was written by Paul. I, I but, still think it's a forgery somehow. But then you'd have, why is that? What, what are your reasons for mm. doing that? Um, the book of Acts shows Luke as Paul's companion, mm -hmm. and it shows Timothy involved in the book of Acts in Acts 16. Oh, so he shows up as a real person. Yeah, he's, he's a real person, okay. and his, his uh, mother was a... Uh, Jewish, his father was a Greek, his mother was a Christian, his father was not, his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and all that. Yeah. Uh, it tells you where Timothy is from and Paul's companionship with him. So Luke, who is quoted in 1 Timothy, actually mm. writes about Timothy in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. See? Yeah. And um, also, and I'll have a chart on there for you about this, some of the earliest writers... Christian writers outside of the New Testament mm -hmm. actually cite 1 Timothy as scripture very, very early. Oh, For example, Clement of Rome, who was contemporary with the Apostle John, mm -hmm. yeah. in 1 Clement cites 1 Timothy. Okay. And um, there is the Didache, which is a very early Syrian Christian document that references Timothy. Mm -hmm. um, there are several others that are very early second century uh, writers that cite Timothy. Yeah. And they're using him as scripture. And so that would give very little time for Timothy to yeah. be canonized if that was the truth. Mm. But so, so there's all that evidence as well. All I'm saying is this stuff is based on absolutely nothing but assumptions. Mm zero. And um, and some of those assumptions are, well, we don't like some of the things that are written in here, you know, because First and Second Timothy are very practical. We've done some videos on it where it's messages to preachers. It's about structure of the congregation, right. you know, leadership. And so there's people who don't like some of those things. And the yep. easiest way to get rid of it is just to say, well, it's obviously false. Someone's impersonating Paul Maybe even they're using the person of Timothy as a foil for all of this. There know. may be some of that, but the real basis of it is old liberalism that goes back to um, the time of the, the 1800s and, and um, the Enlightenment that, you know, we, we're going to use the science, science and scientific method mm. and it's going to be empirical 
And if we can't if we can't see it, hear it, taste it, touch it, we're not going to believe it, and yeah. so we're going to ignore the supernatural, demythologizing the scriptures, yeah. like Rudolf Bultmann yep. said. It all goes back to that. It's very old, and um, while many people, you all out there, may hear many people throw around the word liberals, you know, in in my vernacular, in my in my use of that term, liberalism, old liberalism, German liber liberalism from the 1800s, mm -hmm. is going at the biblical studies with the assumption that we must go at it naturally and not supernaturally, yeah. and what all those assumptions lead to. That is theological liberalism. Right. It has to be rational. It has to be testable. It has to be reproducible. It has you know. to be empirical. There we go. There you go. So anyway, um, that set of assumptions are unproven, uh, and... Um, in fact, if you follow philosophically that set of assumptions, then um, you can't accept the existence of the soul. Yeah. And so um, it leads ultimately to the philosophy of, of mechanistic materialism, where the, the only thing we believe in is matter. Yeah. And if that's true, then we're just a pile of matter and... Jed and I are totally wasting our time because what are we doing talking about this ancient book and this ancient guy, yeah. Jesus, and what does he have to do with any of us today? He would just be another interesting read, but have no real basis on changing my no, life. No bearing at all on us, if all that's true. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So hopefully that, maybe it sparks your curiosity to look deeper. Since this has been around since the 1800s, I mean, lots of people have written about this. Sure. This is... So for those who are encountering it brand new or someone is presenting it as this new idea that Christianity's been hiding from you, it's been there for a while. Yeah, if you want to, there was a whole movement um, many years back called the Search for the Historical Jesus. And um, historical Jesus was a terminology uh, that these people that we've talked about used to say, you know, the Gospels present this larger-than-life mythological Jesus mm -hmm. that was all supernatural, and yeah. we know that can't happen. So right. who was the real Jesus? Who was the historical Jesus? How do we get back to what really happened instead of these myths that we have in the Bible? Mm. Well, out of curiosity, do you happen to have, like, for the general crowd out there, is there any particular writer or book or something I don't know, just off the cuff. Um, Maybe you can think about it when you yeah, put it in, like in show notes or something. I think that a, a conservative scholar that is a fine scholar like Gleason Archer, um, his introduction to the, to the Bible, you know, those, those would have all of this um, discussed in relation to every book and would give you the assumptions and give you the, Mm -hmm. pros and cons, and you'd be able to think through it. But, um, you know, we can do a video sometime on the historical Jesus and mm -hmm. all the evidence for that. But anyway, well, uh, there's, several, there's several authors. I'm not sure I'd want everybody out there <laughs> reading gets, them because you'd have to be equipped to, yeah, gets to a ignore some of the stuff, what they're saying. So. Yeah. But yeah, if anything else, any other questions come out of this sort of discussion? By all means, send them in. We'd love to go through them. If there's like a specific video, you know, sometimes you see little clips and videos. 
feel free to send those to us and we can not maybe not have like a direct reaction, but we can have a discussion based off of some of those things from mm-hmm. time to time. So anytime you're listening to someone or reading something, ask yourself this question. What are their assumptions that they have not proven? Mm. Okay. That's all we got. Thanks again for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. Comment anytime. Send us an email. And we look forward to having you back next time.